0: the whole inspiration was my friend who, who now signs every email to me as love Quinn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, um, it was very cool to learn from her yeah. and watch her progress and everything in her journey and go, you know what, this is what Quinn would be going through. And this is how these people would react because this is totally outside of their comfort zone, right? So I don't hold any of that back. I don't turn them into monsters, but it's like, how do we deal with this? Welcome to JCB Art Studio, coming to you from Vancouver Island. Yeah, I'm adding that little bit to it. My name is Joanna, and currently it is 33 degrees in BC. It feels like 36, and we're not used to this weather. Um, And there's supposedly a heat wave warning in effect. So, can you tell as a teenager, I wanted to be Dr. Johnny Fever of WKRP? I <laughs> did. He had a cool job. <laughs> Anyways, so this is my podcast. I'm pretty lighthearted. And um, for first time listeners, I am the author of The Unraveling and Dealer's Child. And I'm on a four week break from having done my second set of rewrites. So uh, I've started doing some writing on a futuristic novel. Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. So quick update on the Aussie and Pepper Chronicles. Those are my mini schnauzers. Uh, we are fine-tuning the walking with Pepper, who's three months old. And right now, when it comes to fuzzy slippers, unless they are on your feet, they are fair game for that little little dog. So, okay, now let's get let's get serious here. So I have author, Diane Bater. She's with me today, and she has been writing, oh gosh, it set on her bio since she was able to tell a story and pick up a pencil. She works full-time at a live stage theater, which I is, I think is actually really cool, another cool job. And after winning a mystery contest, she published several mystery novels. She is a member of the Crime Writers of Canada and a local writing group. And we are going to talk about writing. And she has many series, many mystery series. Diane, I'm glad you could make it. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, We had that heat last week, so I totally empathize with you. (laughs) Yeah. And at our house, it's not fuzzy slippers, it's socks that walk away if they're not on your feet. So what what type of dog? We we have no idea what she is. She's oh. just a little black dog, but she loves socks. Okay. Particularly wherever she can find them, she'll steal them and hoard them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Good. So Diane, I've started reading All That Shines and I am really interested in and in reading novels, you know, that include fashion, having... I did fashion illustrations as a teenager, not realizing I was doing fashion illustrations at that time. And you have a heroine. Her name is Sage, which is kind of interesting. It's interesting how you get attached to a name because in my series, the sister of my heroine, her name is Sage, right? So it's kind of neat when you see the name, right? Right. So your Sage, your heroine, she finds the murder victim in her vintage clothing store. So can you give our listeners an idea of what All That Shines is about? Absolutely. Um, Sage actually started out as the sister of the heroine in book one. <laughs> so Laken was the heroine in book one, and Sage kind of took over for book two. And, and Sage has had this vintage shop for many years, and her sister Laken is a former supermodel who has had to give up her career for various reasons and has come home and now has to become a real person again. So she's got, you know, they both kind of got their struggles in dealing with this and she wants Sage's shop to be bigger and better and learn. Sage is like, I'm not ready for this. So they, they have to learn how to balance each other out. And part of Lakin's Trying to help her sister is bringing in this fashion designer that she knows from LA, um, and purchasing some stock that he had as far as um, the furnishings for the new store, which used to be a tea shop in book one. So they've purchased this new space. They've got all this uh, all this new furniture, complete with twenty new mannequins, which they have no idea what to do with. Uh, the only catch is the whole deal comes with the fashion designer tagging along as well as his apprentice or his sidekick who becomes, has become one of my all-time favorite characters. Oh, <laughs> neat. Neat. That is so cool when that happens. Right? Mm-hmm. And I haven't even thought, I didn't, I didn't, that's a good idea. Like that's, so book one was um, Laken's story? Yeah. Oh. So you can, if you want, go back and forth, right? And that's kind of what's been happening. Because book three, I I haven't started working on it, but I have the ideas for it. And book three shows Lakin moving into the upper level of this tea house, which is a big, beautiful apartment and all the stuff that goes along with that. And their newfound friend, Quinn, who is a fashion designer, who does... um, outfits for drag queens yeah so (laughs) so it's kind of bringing in this whole new element that before i never would have thought of yeah but it's been a lot of fun yeah cool okay okay so geez, i'm thinking about the inspiration for for this series and like um, i'm just gonna ask because i know this this futuristic novel that i just it was fun. You know, when you're in that honeymoon stage of writing his first draft and you're not you're just like in, in bliss, right?
1: So um
0: this with this futuristic novel, it was inspired by gardening and having this massive boulder, which um it was my description. I said like I wrote this morning, it is about eight, like literally when I say boulder, I'm not talking a small rock, it is about. Um, seven feet high and it has the width of two cars okay like this is a it's a mother of a rock okay (laughs) it's a big boulder so we just moved here and I'm, i'm trying to figure out gardening around this boulder right and so the story idea came to me so i was wondering what was the inspiration for all that shines it was it was kind of actually kind of funny um I hadn't intended to go this way but I actually ended up meeting this lovely woman who is a transgendered woman and we had we've become friends on Facebook so she posts all these things about being who you are inside and and being on the outside who you are inside and as I was saying, like, Lakin is the model. She's all that. And she is, like, totally extroverted. Sage is not. <laughs> Sage, yeah. I don't even know why she runs a boutique, because she doesn't really like people, but she <laughs> loves <the> clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So she has some issues at the beginning with these new people coming into their world. And, and slowly she and... Um, This character who comes in, who is the apprentice or the sidekick, um, he comes in, he's introduced as Hamlet. And when Hamlet's mentor is murdered, he sits them down and says, look, I'm not who I appear to be. Please call me Quinn because that's who I am and that's who I'm becoming on the outside. Yeah. So, and and very real, very realistically, the two girls have this quick little conversation in the back kitchen going, what do we do? What do we say? And, you know, how do we cope with this? Because this is all new. This is not, especially in Sage's realm. And they slowly decide, okay, you know what? This is what she is asking. So let's roll with it. And from that point in the book on, Hamlet becomes Quinn and remains that way. And the lady, or the two girls, are totally enamored with her and, and, you know, trying to fit her into their little world and, and become part of her world. So it's really kind of neat. And the whole inspiration was my friend who, who now signs every email to me as love Quinn. (laughs) um, It was very cool to learn from her and watch her progress and everything in her journey and go, you know what, this is what Quinn would be going through. And this is how these people would react because this is totally outside of their comfort zone, right? Yeah. So I'm, I don't hold any of that back. Yeah. I don't turn them into monsters, but it's like, how do we deal with this? Yeah, yeah. And it's its writing about acceptance, right? Like, I mean... Absolutely. I can't imagine what Quinn might be going through. But, you know, just what that need to feel like yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And I mean, that will come up in future books. And I've already got this kind of planned out where she does get bullied and she does get, you know, people aren't totally accepting the way that Lakin and Sage are. So they have to do a workaround and figure out how to deal with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now you have a sister relationship in this series. I have a sister relationship. I know of susan jane right she has a sister relationship and uh it just makes me i always wonder why do we want to write about sisters (laughs) what do you think and i only have a brother i've never had a sister so i guess this is kind of my way of having a sister (laughs) so so whichever character i'm writing in their point of view i'm looking at the other sister and thinking how would i think about this person you know Sage looking at Lakin, who's been this top model and seeing the world and, and Lakin looking at Sage going, oh, come on, you can do better than this, right? Yeah. So, so it's been kind of fun that way. And I think with me, I'm just thinking of my rewrites near the end, one of the, the end scenes with right now the working title of it is Spy Girl. And I'm really liking that title. So it, it just makes stick. Um, there's a, I you know what I, I like, and it sounds like you do this too, is with my, it's Jade and Sage. And in this book, there's a different, definite, um, of war, I guess, of strength, or I don't know if you think of scales going up and down, each of them having strength for the other. And it's been like, there's now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. It, it goes back and forth. So maybe that's what I like seeing is that. The strength and the, um, you know, the consoling they have for each other, you know, and, and propping each other up,
1: right? So, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So now, where the murder victim is found <laughs> in the glass case, close to the Matahari mannequin, I thought that was perfect, picturesque. And I was wondering how did that all
1: come together?
0: i was doing a whole bunch of googling and research and looking for costumes and ideas for the drag queen part of things and what kind of things this designer would have in his shop and this matahari costume just happened to pop up in my research and i was just (laughs) odd like herbo is matahari was it was gorgeous right and I thought, you know, Quinn just seemed like the kind of person that that's an outfit she would try to recreate.
1: Yeah.
0: So that was her kind of donation to yeah. sending things to the store and her costume was in the case and it was fitting that her mentor was actually found inside that case that yeah. Ahari pulled to one side. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the body's in the case. Yeah, (laughs) jeez. Okay, so I'm curious. You work in theater, and Mm -hmm. where I live in Shemayne is we have a very nice theater. And I've always thought it would be cool to set a mystery in a theater. You know, I think of the stage, I think of the curtains. I know in The Unraveling there is a scene where they go to a theater and they're in, in back the theater. You know, and you have the rose and backstage and it's that make belief right? So what is it about having a mystery in a theater that you think is so appealing? Just like you said, it's just yeah. all of those hidden little nicks and crannies. It's the ghost stories that come with any theater. There's always mm-hmm. ghost stories um and just the drama in general like you can't have two actors in a room without drama so you know, okay. there're always things that happen that people just never see okay so i think it would be kind of fun one of these days i'm going to get to that yeah. <laughs> and to have a mystery set in a theater or you know have like a stage manager who gets into all these weird situations and Luckily, I know a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I never knew. There are ghost stories with theaters. Oh, really? Absolutely. Absolutely. They are some of the most superstitious people. <laughs> I've, learned, I've been learning that. Uh, but I know the building that I work in in particular, it's an old town hall. It used to be a pit as well as the town hall. I'm sorry, it used to be a what? Um, um, farmer's Market. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So if you look at the outside of our building, there's like the cement heads of steers where the the meat market used to be. Jeez. So it was really, really neat. But like you can do the research and there's tons of ghost stories. And and I don't know if anybody's ever found proof. Yeah. But but there's lots of stories. And I work with staff who have seen things that they went, Yeah, I'm out of here. Oh. <laughs> I'm out of Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and we all hear things we all you know most of us aren't in the theater late at night alone, yeah, and lots of reasons why <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I could yeah. see that, yeah, okay, okay, so when I was on your website and you know looking you up and you know doing some research, I saw that there were more novels in your Gilda Wright mystery series. And I've asked this of one author before, um, and it made it made me wonder if you have one series that you favor or over another, or is it just how the stories unfold or any one character inspire more stories? I think it all depends on which story I'm currently working on as <laughs> to so mm-hmm. which is, my favorite. but I know the Gilderay mysteries in particular, um gilda's story she is a karate school receptionist so i actually used to do that i worked for four or five years as a karate school receptionist and there's lots of things that you know you'll be sitting there bored and thinking one day and going oh i wonder what would happen if and all of a sudden i had five books in and i'm like whoa (laughs) (laughs) and now i'm at the point with that series i'm like well gilda has grown from somebody who was badly hurt, you know, emotionally. She, she bad relationship. The the story goes that she caught her boyfriend behind the counter of the coffee shop with one of the baristas and pushed him into a fifty pound bag of coffee beans and gave him a scar across his head. So oh, <laughs> geez. Yeah. Yeah. So it's come from that to, I think in the last book, she got her green belt or her brown belt. I have to look back and remember, yeah. um, but she's moving up the ranks in karate and uh, eventually in the next book or two, she's going to be going for her black belt, which will be a super huge challenge. Plus there are other things happening in the rest of her life that are, are seriously causing her to sit back and think about where she's really going in her life.
1: That's neat. That's neat.
0: Okay. That's always neat when you hear an author talk about a character and, like you said, other things that are going on. And it's just like, oh, yeah? (laughs) 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 Okay. And in the the latest book that came out, uh, Dead with the Remorse, there is a hint. But she doesn't really focus on it. But it will come back in the next book. So. cool. Uh, Okay. And you just it hit me. It's neat when you drop little hints like that in a book and you, the author, know, <laughs> right? Like you already, I know with Spy Girl, I've done that at the end. And it's just like, yeah, guys, yeah. There's a there's reason, you know? So, yeah, cool, okay. So I think I've had this after me and it's, it's about my, my own novels and my heroines and so I am going to ask you if there is anyone heroine that is more like you than the other. Hey, honestly, I would say Gilda. Okay. Um, Gilda's always my kids. Actually, when I first started writing that series, would come into the karate school going, "Hey, Gilda!" It's <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> funny. I mean, no, you know, she's a little bit younger, yeah. but. <laughs> but i just always kind of thought that same way that when i started doing martial arts and stuff it was just a whole different mentality different person mm-hmm. and as you grew and you get stronger mentally and physically it just makes such a such an interesting difference and you start to see different opportunities
1: yeah have
0: you ever done karate i did i did i got to my blue belt and then i actually and I couldn't keep going but uh, my three boys are all black belts
1: so wow (laughs) excellent them all
0: yeah excellent okay so who do you who do you like reading like I'm just I'm curious I know that's a very loaded question because this is actually podcast number 96 and I was thinking about that the other like earlier today, and I thought that's a lot of books. Okay, so <laughs> so who 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 do you like reading? Oh my gosh, I read a lot of kind of like you. I read a yeah. lot of people that I meet. Yeah. Um, I finished reading a science fiction book actually um, that a friend of mine who lives in Newmarket area wrote. So I just finished that one, and another person that I met had uh, a oh, what was it now? Oh my gosh. Aurora Arts Festival or Aurora Festival we had a whole booth full of writers so I picked up two books there and I just finished those and now I just got a couple more books the other day um Sue Grafton and I have a couple of Maureen Jennings on my shelf right now as well yeah. if you have read wave oh my gosh really great book good okay and what was that title again Beat wave by Eat Maureen yeah. Maureen Jennings. Okay. It's just from my end. that You just you had just oh. cut out a little bit. So I just wanted to write that down. Heat wave. Okay. Maureen Jennings. It, well, that to be red pile. Oh, sky high. I, it was last night. I, on my nightstand, I have my books <laughs> like stacked and uh, the spouse looked at my nightstand and he goes, are you planning on breaking the nightstand, <laughs> you know, right, with all those books? And it's just like, no, I'm, it actually two two will be read soon, right? You know, so yeah, yeah, okay. So I first heard about your novels on the author panel cozy corner, and I am curious to find out what is the most elaborate, unique murder weapon you've used in a novel (laughs) um favorite one so far is i have poisoned someone using a vape oh and i had to do a bit of digging about that but it is possible (laughs) oh wow okay okay wow i i I, that opened my eyes (laughs) okay (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, have you done that? I know I've done that with with my spouse. I've said, "Okay, look, I'm giving you a heads up about that internet history you're going to see coming up. Right? Just don't worry about it. You know." Yeah, Yeah. he does the computer just for peace of mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what is it like? What was what I like about your story settings is that your characters to me are like. Everyday people, which I think helps with the escapism. Um, I read a novel recently. It actually was in my bio. Um It was recommended to me by my daughter. And it was very well written. Like I was just blowing through that book, right? It was a very, it was an easy read, blowing through it. And the main character was a famous actress. That's, that's who this character was. And like I said, the book was very well written. But two things happened. Um, Near the end, I was having difficulties, having empathy for this character, the actress. Um, Not anything to do with her being an actress, but just this character. And she lived such a wealthy life. And I'm not saying I'm dirt poor, but I'm just saying I couldn't relate to that, you know, um, relate to her. So what do you think about making the characters believable, believable in the sense of occupations or locations? I like the same thing. Like, I like to read about real people yeah. um, and even writing about real people. Like, what do I know about being a rock star or this heiress? You know, you yeah. can make it up. But it's more fun to, you get more fodder, I think, from digging into real people yeah. and what they have to experience, what they experience and how they grow. And and I think, honestly, that's why a lot of, I think two out of three so far have been shopkeepers. Yeah. I've got captionists and um, I'm trying to remember what would be. Oh, and uh, yeah, actually three out of them have been shopkeepers. So one runs a bookstore, one runs a craft shop one runs the vintage store and then I've got um, my karate receptionist so they're all real people average people who just seem to find their reason to stick their nose in everyone else's business (laughs) (laughs) and you said something that that hit me um thinking about this book I was in it for the actress and her story when she was struggling yeah when she was struggling when she, um, let's say, had to do some things that went against her own morals, I was in it. But it was weird because once she then became big and she started to do things knowingly to get ahead, that's when I started to not have so much. That's, that's my connection to her started to, to dwindle, right? So it's the struggle. It's the struggle that we want to see. Because we can all relate to that, yeah. We what we do, we all have our own struggles, yeah. yeah. But we like people overcome, yeah. But it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, what are you working on now, or what are you working on next, or what's sure. on next? Okay. So Currently, I am doing a. I want to say the last edit, but I know it's not the last edit. <laughs> I am working on book two of a series that I have that's set in Canada, my only one, uh, and it's called Sugarwood with Mysteries, but the book called Dead Man's Doll, which, and it's been a lot of fun, <laughs> so getting through my edit, and then I have my beta reader who has a copy that I can't wait to see what she has to say, but I'm scared, yeah. we'll see. And then after that, I've got my list. I've got a historical Canadian novel I need to do for my publisher that comes out in twenty twenty five. And in between time, I've got a couple other books to work on towards my series. So you're busy. Yeah, yeah, you're busy. Okay.
1: Um,
0: it's funny when you're talking about edits and and sending them out to beta readers. You know, you feel so excited when you're like I know when I send my story to Pip, my editor. You're so excited. And then it's funny when you get it back, you're just like, okay, (laughs) I'm ready to open up this PDF with who knows how many thousands of comments, right? (laughs) Put those emails off for a good week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's good because that's what you want, right? That's, That's so what you want, Pip. That is so what I want, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where can people find you on socials, on the socials there? I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, pretty much everywhere so far except TikTok, but somebody convinced me last night I better sign up, so we'll see. Okay, you sign up, I'll sign up. Okay. Okay, yep. because I saw an author from as Sisters in Crime write-in, And what she did is, because I've been, I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been like, okay, A, you are not going to catch me dancing on TikTok. (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, And that goes for singing. Not going to happen. So I'm like, what do you do on TikTok? And so then I messaged her because her TikTok posted to Instagram. And she just she was standing there with a book recommendation, and I thought, okay, I can do that. I can do that, right? Okay, Diane, we we can do this. I will message you when I'm hooked up on TikTok. Well, and it's funny because that was the same conversation I had with another lady last night, and she does a lot of podcasts, and she's like, oh, you'd be fine on TikTok. You'd be so much fun, and. It goes all I do is I promote my writers for my podcast and I promote my books, and I'm like, yeah, I could probably do that, I could come up with something. Yeah,
1: I really think about it.
0: Okay, okay, good. Well, Diane, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this ever since you got in touch with me. So, oh, good, good. Well, you're just starting to cut out a little bit now, so I think we got the podcast in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Diane, you have a good day. Yeah, you were so good. At it so much.